Coming up on Nurse Talk, celebrating National Nurses Week. Nurses are making strides to improve patient care at the nation's VA hospitals. Want to thank a caregiver even if you think it's too late? Never fear, Doje is here. And cancer empathy cards, they say what patients really want to hear. All of this and more on Nurse Talk. Welcome to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with my co-host Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty this very day. Casey, you'd have to live under a rock not to know that last week was National Nurses Week. With Apparently a lot nurses. of people do know, Shane. <clears throat> yeah, you know a lot of rock dwellers. <laughs> yeah, I do know a lot of rock dwellers. That does not surprise me. <laughs> it was a bold statement to say that you'd have to be under a rock. Uh, people have no clue that it's National Nurses Week, and the only reason we know is because we're nurses. Don't you think that's true? <laughs> uh, maybe, but nurses are pretty popular in this country, and for the past 12 years, a Gallup poll indicates the public thinks nurses have the highest honesty ethical standards among the professions. You're so right, Shane, and we're so pleased that nurses are getting that acknowledgement. But sometimes on the job, it's very hard for them to know how grateful people are, or even more challenging to know that their employers care. And let's be real, a lot of them don't. That's a perfect, <laughs> that's a perfect cynical yet accurate setup to our in-studio guest, Amanda Krantz. Amanda created and operates a site called Doje, and that's Cantonese for gratitude. Doje is a simple way to thank caregivers, and it's really creating a buzz. Amanda will be with us later in the show. Very interesting, Shane. And as long as we're talking about the show, you've all heard about the dysfunction of our nation's VA hospitals. Well, the nurses at the VA have had their struggles getting and keeping the proper nursing staff to take care of the patients. RN Irma Westmoreland will be with us to talk about legislation introduced to improve VA care and RN patient advocacy rights. Irma is the chair of the Veterans Administration for National Nurses United, the nation's largest organization of nurses. In Casey, most of us have had a friend or relative who's been diagnosed with cancer, and as a result, they've gone through a treatment that can be long and rigorous, to say the least. And some cancer patients say, although they know their friends and family mean well, sometimes the things they say and do are not exactly what they want to hear. That's so true. Well, Emily McDowell, a cancer survivor and freelance artist, came up with a new line of cards that say what cancer patients really want to hear. We'll talk about these cards later in the show. Shane, here's the script from a few of the cards. I'm really sorry I haven't been in touch. I didn't know what to say. And that's Beautiful. So that is beautiful. That's beautiful. And I say to people to say to all someone. the time when they say, you know, when someone dies, uh, the place that I work, oh, I, I didn't say anything because I don't know what to say. Say that. Say that. You just say that. Yeah. Another one. I promise never to refer to your illness as a journey unless <laughs> someone takes you on a cruise. Absolutely appropriate. There's lots more of these, and I'm so glad someone who knows what it's like to have cancer and survive it created these cards. All right, Casey, because this is a show that's all about nurses today, let's take a quiz. Ah, oh, sheesh. So I'm not good about National quizzes. Nurses Week uh, starts on You May didn't 6th. even tell me there was going to be a quiz. Yeah, it's pop, <laughs> pop quiz. I don't like pop quizzes. So <laughs> I'm not even in school anymore. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the quiz once Casey's nervous chattering <laughs> abates. Okay, we're going to go back and forth. Okay. So first question is, Whose birthday is May 12th? And I'm going to give you some choices. Okay. Dorothy Scanlon, who is the U.S. Department of Health and Welfare in the 1950s, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ronald Reagan, or Florence Nightingale? Well, here's the cha- here's the deal, Shane. Uh, I was born Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. So this person <laughs> who has May 12th is obviously very brilliant. And as a result, huh? I am picking Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I say never. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, what I tell my students is anytime the choice is Florence Nightingale, pick Florence Nightingale. I see. I got you. There Even you go. if you go. have no idea. If a nurse is asking you a question. question then that must be the answer. All righty. All right. What's the next here's, one? Here's one for you. What president signed a proclamation officially declaring May 6th as National Recognition for Nurses Day? It was either Franklin Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, Jimmy Carter, or Ronald Reagan. So I think it was Ronald Reagan, and then I think he signed it again on May 6th and May 7th and May 8th and May 9th and May 10th. <laughs> Very good, Shane. Uh, that was kind of mean. All right. So sorry, was that the Ronnie. right answer? Uh, I don't know. We, we heard applause. Oh, good. Oh, very good. All right. Florence- next one. Florence Nightingale laid the foundation of professional nursing with the establishment in 1860 of which, number one, the first hospital in London, number two, the first all-women's professional training, number three, a nursing school in a hospital, or number four, the first design for nurses' caps and capes? Definitely not a four, I would say. I would say, number one, the first hospital in London. Oh, uh, being told no. Oh, it's uh, a nursing school in a hospital. Oh. Wow, Florence, who knew? I know. Very smart in 1860. Yep, she was a. She was a. She <laughs> was a. <laughs> <laughs> even though she. <laughs> that really means she was a. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting some heavy censoring. <laughs> Yes, we today are, we, are. we deserve it all right next all question right. next question you have the next question okay is the, is nurse, the nurses oh sorry go is ahead. the nurse's oath the same as the doctor's oath yes or no i don't think it is i i'd say no very okay, good ding ding no. ding you got them all right i got them all wrong all here's right. the pledge okay. florence nightingale pledge I solemnly pledge myself before god and in the presence of this assembly to pass my life in purity and to practice my professional my profession faithfully. Okay, so I'm already out. <laughs> next, Jane. The next part is I will abstain from whatever is deleterious and mischievous and will not take or knowingly administer any harmful drug. Okay, now we're all out wow. because no harmful drugs. Modern medicine is full of harmful drugs. Yeah. Wow. So I will do all in my power to maintain and elevate the standards of my profession, and I will hold in confidence all personal matters committed to my keeping and all family affairs coming to my knowledge in the practice of my calling. That's beautiful. With loyalty will I endeavor to aid the physician in his work and devote myself to the welfare of those committed to my care. Wow, that's very That's interesting. The Florence Nightingale pledge. Okay, so number no. five. I can't say as I, I ever remember. remember reading this. Oh, they or we read it. it in some ceremony. I certainly never read it. Uh, so number five, there is another, yet another question, and okay. I'm going to ask you, Shane, since you have gotten them all correct thus far. Okay. okay. How many nurses are there in the U.S.? Three point five million, twenty million, <laughs> five hundred thousand, or three million. Okay, so I know I don't think there's 20 million. There's more than 500,000. Yep. I think it's 3 million. I would guess that as well. Yay! Shane is a good test taker. Yeah, daddy's a good test taker. <laughs> no, no, it's too much. It's too much. So tell us we don't know about our own profession. Uh, clearly, I don't, but Shane definitely knows a little more than I do. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So we joke and we have fun with all this, but I can speak for myself. I absolutely love my profession. Shane, how do you feel about it? 
I love it too. It's it's rough. It's rough. And that's actually the thing that I love about it as time goes by. I, I agree. So coming up, are things changing our nation's VA hospitals? We'll be right back with RN Irma Westmoreland. You're listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter really is the best medicine. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay. Tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. There's hundreds of fun and simple things you and your family can do to live a healthier lifestyle. Here's 20 of them. Eat less, eat slower, eat smarter, eat your fruits and veggies, stop eating before you're full, up your fiber, lower your calories, get off the bus early, do some gardening, do jumping jacks, take the stairs, take one, not two, take on a new sport, take a long walk home, walk instead of drive, bend, stretch, reach for the stars, climb the monkey bars, skip the fudge bars. (sighs) Search We Can online to find more ways you and your family can get healthy together. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. So when you get to the corner of Smith and Orchard, you're going to want to take a you left. You are not going to Then what you're going to do is turn onto Marcy Avenue. Just broke up and go past and the first three lights happy and then take it. the next left. I don't really then think five she's more happy, blocks, but you should be who there. am I to judge, right? Park anyway, on the right. That's I'll what see I you later tonight. Night. It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Casey, last week, registered nurses applauded the introduction of federal legislation to improve patient care for veterans, ensure equity among federal health care workers, and enable the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to recruit and retain a strong health care workforce to serve the nation's veterans. The bills, introduced by Senator Sherrod Brown and Representative Mark Takano, would restore full collective bargaining rights to registered nurses and other clinicians employed by the Veterans Administration. The legislation would reform Section 7422 of Title 38 of the U.S. Code, which limits the right of VA professionals and collective bargaining, a significant step towards enhancing the quality of care in VA facilities. Registered nurses are on the front lines of patient care, and they deserve a voice to help improve their working conditions and their ability to care for their patients, said Senator Brown. I stand with the National Nurses United in calling on the VA to give registered nurses the same collective bargaining rights enjoyed by other VA clinicians. With us today is RN Irma Westmoreland. Irma is the chair of the Veterans Affairs for National Nurses United. Irma, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to hear your voice again. All right, so let's talk about how long you've been a nurse and what got you into nursing and then how long at the VA. 
Okay. Well, I've been a nurse since the mid-80s. I always wanted to be a nurse for as long as I can remember. So I actually don't know why, except that it's been a lifelong goal. I've been an RN since the 80s. I've been at the VA since the early 90s, almost 25 years now. And uh, I love working for the VA. I love taking care of our veterans. But um, more than that, I love also representing the nurses at the VA. Yeah, that's, a gr- that's an important role. So Section 7422 has limited the ability of VA-registered nurses and other clinicians to speak out about working conditions that impact the quality and safety of patient care. How will this proposed legislation change that? Well, one of the ways that nurses always stand up for their patients is standing up for their patient, uh, their patient rights and the things that make patient care better. That's one of the things that we do very well. And we can't do it in the, in, to the best of our ability with the limits that we have right now. One of the things that VA can do is, is decide how much technology and all the things that they're using, like right now they're wanting to uh, tag patients and staff uh, right now with an electronic thing that would talk, that would tag you and let them know where you are everywhere in the hospital and what oh, you're doing. Oh, that's and, just <laughs> charming. I so yes. want them to know every time I'm in the bathroom and for how long I'm in the bathroom. That's, <laughs> that's always exactly an important... right. And for patients, they have, would have no privacy. They want to put it on patients, too. Oh, my gosh. They call gosh. it a tracking system. And they wow. want to, they want, and what we want to say, what we say is that that is a violation of the patient's right. But we you. have no way to, um, to even uh, stand up for our patient's right in that because it's not something we can bargain over because of the 7422 law. Yeah. So, Irma, just so I understand, don't VA nurses have a union contract? Yes, we do. But there are certain things that, w- that we actually cannot bargain over. Wow. And one of those is the, and, uh, the secretary of the VA has final say of whether something's bargainable or not. So, oh my gosh, um, it's not it's not based on anything except what he says and his people tell him. And uh, the language in the in the law, we believe, it is uh, narrow. And the VA, of course, has has uh, widened that to believe they call it anything related to direct care. So anything that relates to patients, they can call direct care. Wow. And uh, our contract does have a lot of stuff in it. Uh, but it's not uh, nearly enough for what we need to stand for our patients' rights because the VA has the right to decide what kind of equipment we need and what kind of safety stuff we need, not us. We can't say when they tell us that we, that we should uh, do uh, certain things that, and that we need certain equipment to make things happen. They can say, we'll give you what we think you need. And if we can't logically convince them that's what we need, then you know, we're stuck with whatever they tell us. And, and that's wrong. We should be able to say what we need to get our patients, our patient care done effectively to protect our patients and to protect our nurses. Absolutely. And some of the other issues that VA nurses want to say in are safe and proper staffing, working conditions, and quicker resolution for disputes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I can. We cannot have ratios um, because, oh, like, boy. you know, the ratios that are in California, that right out there that protect the nurses and the patients because of the care they give. Many times our nurses cannot have, we do not have nurse ratios, and we can't even bargain over it at all. Because? Uh, because Why can't you bargain over it? Because it's considered direct patient care. Oh, my gosh. We can't bargain over how many nurses we professionally think need need to be available to take care of patients. Not nurses, not support staff, not anything, because it's considered direct care. Um, Also, as you were talking about, we can't, 
Um, you know, we want to be able to um, talk about the things that we need for staffing, but it's just not available. Well, uh, will, we the, will the current legislation change any of this? Yes, it will. It will allow us to be able to bargain over um, ratios. It will allow us to be able to bargain over equipment. It will allow us to be able to bargain over things that we truly feel need to be done for our nurses. We can't even tell them what education that we need to do any new task that they give us. It has to be what they decide. Wow. And, uh, and that's disgusting. This is the worst of the, of the government, when they make these unilateral decisions and hold you all accountable. And here you even have a contract, and you still can't get any of this through. So how do we support the nurses of the VA to get this legislation through? One of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure we're contacting our representatives and our senators, especially people on the VA um, committees, and, and tell them that we need them to join us and support this legislation. And one thing that people need to also know is that the Department of Defense nurses, staff are in that are um, uh, not in the military, but the, um, the other nurses that are there are civilians. They can bargain over all these things. One of the things VA says is if you give nurses, if you give nurses the right to bargain, patients will die. Oh, my um, and you, they say that we'll make patients die because we, we wow. can get all this stuff, yeah. right? Well, these are well, the same have... people who brought you peacekeeping missile, that terminology. So the government has been brilliant about naming things because they're it's the opposite, absolute opposite. Patients die when nurses don't have a voice and can't advocate for their patients. And and there are statistics to prove that, as you know, Irma. Uh, safe patient ratios, that's what saves lives, kids. It's, it's not... Uh, this stuff and and it's so sad that the VA you nurses are doing such valuable work um, and then they come back and the nurses are hands are tied. That's right, it's, and it's based really on fear mongering from the mm. VA trying to tell uh, these uh, legislators because they know to make a change like this it will require the senators and the congressmen to get on board and vote for it, and they have a much larger ability to um, get their point across than we do. Of course, they have their ear more than we do. But we are citizens, and we, have, and we, are, we need to be calling our representatives and our senators in our states and let them know that we want them to uh, get on board with this, to co-sponsor this bill, and that we'll hold them accountable for not doing it. Just because a state that we're in has really good stuff does not mean that we don't need to make it better for our patients and our veterans across the country. Because you know what? This is the first step in making sure that our veteran patients can have all that they need and have the nurse's ability to stand up for them. Absolutely. And so what's the timeline on the legislative process, and are you hopeful about the, the outcome? Well, we, they just introduced the stuff last week and this week, um, um, and next week we're going to be going, we're going to be taking some nurses from National Nurses United. We're going to be uh, hitting the steps of uh, Congress and going and, and talking to our legislators and representatives and, and senators and seeing if we can get uh, more sponsors for this. It's, it's in this it's been introduced into this uh, Congress, and so we have until this Congress is over to get it through. It's just a short time period. And what is the name of the do – does the bill or ha, does the legislation have a name or a number so that if we call our representatives, we can say uh, what, what the name of the bill is? It does, and I cannot 
remember it off the top of my That's head. Okay. We can That's okay. That on the website. It'll be on National Nurses United website. National Nurses, thank you. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Don't apologize. So I should have it in front of me. <laughs> that, no, that's okay. It's perfectly fine because you can go on National Nurses United. And, and the thing to know is, as I really want to encourage people to call your, your senators and your congressmen. And I certainly will let Boxer and Feinstein know in my state because I want this VA nurses supported, mainly Irma, because I want to come work for the VA. So oh, <laughs> I, have a vest, I have a vested interest in, in and, this. And so for those of you out there also that think that we don't need unions, that unions are antiquated, if this is how the VA is treating yes. non-union people, think about how a corporate entity would treat a non-union uh Organization. So, is there and, anything else you'd like to share with this, Irma? Well, I'm Irma, I, I have one question I want to ask you. So, what, what, this wanting to track every patient and every nurse in their system to put a tracker on them? What benefit would that have for tracking patients? I, I don't see what benefit that would have. Well, it's not really a benefit. The VA is trying to use this to say that they could they could um, get better access for patient care because they know that's a, a deal. But we already have, they are saying that we could know how long patients stay in the radiology or the emergency oh, room or how long they're at this clinic or that. But, you know, we already have data ways to con- to get that data without without being intrusive to our patients. Eyeballs. Yes, it's called eyeballs. And let's be real, uh, you know, when you do your electronic charting, it's all timed and date stamped. So when a person, if they they want that information, it's readily available to them. So there is another motive for this. And and don't kid yourself, kids. It's about tracking the nurses. That's the one that they think they can get it approved under. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Irma. This is such an important fight, and I'm so with you on this. So we encourage people to call their state senators and legislators to get this bill passed. Anything else you'd like to share? No, just thank you so much, and I encourage everybody to please call and um, and uh, talk to your senators because we want to and your congressman because we want to make sure we see them next week. They've already heard some from some folks. Absolutely. So we've been talking with RN Irma Westmoreland. For more information about this topic, visit nnu.org. And uh, thanks a lot, Irma. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Irma, for your years as a nurse, but also for being a good advocate for the rest of the nurses and your patients. We appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be right back with Doge or Gratitude, whichever you prefer. I started going cold turkey. Well, at least when I'm in the car. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's so hard to stop. That's why I hide it from myself, so I won't be tempted. I used to do it all the time. I stopped by locking it in my glove compartment. My friend used to do it way too much. Now I turn it off when we're in the car. My solution is simple. I just don't do it. There are lots of ways to stop yourself and others from texting and driving. How will you stop? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Gianna Garrell from Progressive Voices. Today, the angry roar of the conservative media machine dominates TV and radio, threatening to drown out and push out anyone who dares to discuss our progressive perspectives and ideals. But we can't let that happen. We have too many strong, smart, and important progressive voices who need to be heard. That's why here at PV, we're building a 21st century progressive media universe, one where all the best in progressive media can come together 
rise above the static and the noise, and be heard by anyone, anywhere. And we need your help. We're in the middle of a critical campaign to make our dream of 21st century progressive media universe a reality. But we can't do it without grassroots support from people like you. Head over to ProgressiveVoices.com to see how you can help. Please support this important progressive mission. Because with your help, we can make sure all our progressive voices are heard. Hey, Casey, what time is it? Time to stay out of trouble. We We are are nurses. nurses. We We cannot cannot prescribe, prescribe, diagnose, or treat, but but we can can give good advice. Does that include fashion advice? Nah, stick to what you're good at. You should talk. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. Go as far as you can see. When you get there, you can see farther. Those are the words of wisdom that our next guest has followed over the past 20 years of her life. Amanda Krantz is the founder and CEO of Doja.com, a website connecting patients and caregivers for the sole purpose of sharing gratitude. Before her latest stint in corporate America, she was an Air Force captain, professional drummer, Harvest Business School graduate, serial entrepreneur, tennis coach, and last week she won four Nobel Prizes and rescued (laughs) 12 puppies from a burning building. But she didn't even want to talk about that, Shane. (laughs) So welcome to the show. Thank you. Doje, that's gratitude in Cantonese, was born from a true place of gratitude after Amanda had her first child. An amazing nurse took care of me, and by the time I realized all that Laura, the nurse's name, had done for me and my son, she was off her shift and I never saw her again. Three and a half years later, I had another incredible nurse, Elspeth. She stood by my side for 12 hours, and I was determined to share my gratitude this time. It took me eight months to track her down. During my conversation with her, I started to learn that our system for appreciating awesome caregivers is terribly broken, so I set out to fix it. Amanda, welcome to Nurse Talk. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you very much. All right, so let's talk about Doje and what it took to get started. Absolutely. Um, So being a patient and not coming from the healthcare side of things, originally uh, I didn't think this was going to be a company. I just really wanted to thank Elspeth. And when I tracked her down and talked to her, it it seemed like maybe this could be more universal. So I have a really good friend, Lisa, who's a PICU nurse, and I called her. That was step one. um, And said, hey, what, what have you seen? And it really seemed like in our country... People get cookies, chocolates, you know, and which is great, and they mm-hmm. appreciate it. And I mm-hmm. don't want to stop that. Um, yeah, please don't. Yeah, do not stop <laughs> don't that. Don't cut off the nurses please. from don't the cookies. Don't cut off the cookies. food train. That no, is my advice. No. but um, you know, the person you want to thank may not be coming in for the next couple of shifts, and right. the, you know, they did so much, and they come back, and there's no nothing there for them. So I thought, shouldn't they have their own gratitude locker where they get to get this? thank you. They get to keep it for themselves. And their supervisor can know and appreciate them because they don't always see these things going on as well. Keep the cookies, but make sure that that connection happens. Mm -hmm. And so um, then I started talking to lots of hospital administrators and other nurses and realized there's all these other things getting in the way, like HIPAA. So our big joke Uh at the beginning was it took us a year talking to a bunch of hospitals before we made much progress. People would literally just say HIPAA. Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly right. HIPAA what? HIPAA. Yeah. Like, and so that was like health our, insurance and privacy right. portability act. And it's so, a big one. So my, one of my co-founders um, is in Denver, and we were in a band together, and she was the lead singer, and much better than I am at the on the phone, and and just figuring things out. Yeah, you know, no fear. And I said, we've got to figure out HIPAA. 
And so I'm like, go research it. And my thought is get online. I come from yeah. a technology background. Yeah. Look it up. And I'm reading right. about it. Like, right. what is the HIPAA problem? So she picked up the phone and like, she's like, I called like the head of HIPAA. I'm like, there's a head of HIPAA? <laughs> <laughs> and like, no joke. She's like, this is the deal. And is she big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's big. Walks in. Um, and so we started to get an idea. And then I talked to the COO of Stanford Hospital. And he finally pulled it all together. We do not require patients to authenticate. This is not go through a portal and ask right, for medical good. advice. You get on in 90 seconds, share your gratitude, be done. You might not think of thanking them until years later. We've seen yeah. families might want to thank yeah. you know people that took care of their family members. They're mm-hmm. not on a patient portal. So patients can say whatever they want, and that's fine. But the HIPAA concern is that because they're not authenticating, the care providers cannot respond in any way that provides any type of personal information. But that still means they can reply, which doesn't exist right now. If you leave a paper card or leave cookies, you don't know if it got to the person that you wanted so to So true, think. and oftentimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So now we wrote pre-written responses, just like, you know. Oh, very nice. Where they can say, thank you so much for, and also the nurses didn't want extra work. Honestly, that was another problem. Like, I love this, but (laughs) I can't do any more. Right. And so get that too. And so, um, you know, thank you so much for your kind words. It means the most to me. And, you know, wow, it made my day to hear that you're doing so well. And and patients can attach photos as well. And so, you know, it was great to see how well you're doing now. Those things mean so much to the patient and it's still no HIPAA violation. So that that was a big first step. Um, And then continuing to iterate the product. We spent a lot of times trying to build this so that it does not create any extra work for nurses um, as well. We understand the patient side, but really figuring out what do they need. Um, and so that that was a lot of getting it off the ground. And then the final thing was finding a healthcare leader. And we found this in Kim Skur as the executive director at UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital. And several other people at UCSF helped navigate the system who are awesome. And being able to say, this is new, it's a startup, we don't know for sure if it's going to work, but we believe in the power of gratitude and and we aren't afraid to give this a shot. And so we had no data to prove that this was going to be beneficial. And so that was the final step to kind of get us rolling as someone to give us that shot. That's great. It's great that UCSF did listen and where else but a teaching facility. So let's talk about gratitude in general. It's a science. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we use the word gratitude without really thinking about what it truly means? That's a really great question. Um, I think people think of gratitude differently, and we've debated this a lot. Um, Thank you, gratitude. If you look it up online, they'll have a lot of synonyms, but the meaning is really different to different people. And can you use, I want to thank someone interchangeably with, I want to express my gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if I have a definite answer. I do believe that there is a science of gratitude. There's the the Burke um, UC Berkeley, UC Davis has the Greater Good Science Center, um, which has, um, with the Templeton Foundation, um, raised have millions of dollars that they've invested in researchers studying the science of gratitude. And the data that they've come up with is amazing um, to show that it really does affect you know, medical markers of both the health and well-being of the patients and the staff. Um, so there is a lot of science around it. And we're also partnering with, um, there's two Harvard business school, well, one Harvard business school professor and another um, uh, PhD doctoral candidate who's working with her that have been studying gratitude and the effects on organizational outcomes outside mm, of healthcare. Mm. And because some of the questions and the barriers we've seen, every hospital we've talked to, Johns Hopkins, the military health system, UCLA, big hospitals want to do this, but costs are tight. Yes. They know it's important. Like no one's question that this is what we're doing is needed. It makes sense, but can they justify their time? You know, and even you know, the money is super small, is rel- you know, insignificant mm-hmm. to them. It's mostly the time and how important is it. And so I'm really excited about this study that we're just getting ready to kick off um, where we can show 
the actual effects on the bottom line from the hospital, which is why we chose to partner with the business side versus the psychology research. Um, Because the psychology is proven. Like, they get it. It's the business. Like, does this affect the bottom line for the hospital? So will they invest in it? Um, So that's something where if there's anybody who's listening that wants to be a part of that study, it's we haven't kicked it off yet. We're getting close. And so um, there's an opportunity to have a free pilot just to share your data, um, looking for as many people as we can from a bunch of different facilities to make it as valuable as possible. That's excellent. And for those, sorry, those nurses out there that are trying to get something through at their particular organization, Mm -hmm. this is really smart because a lot of times the psychology is proven, but that's not what the bean counters are worried about. So whether you like it or not, if you can show it to them through this other route, you're likely to get results. I want to talk a little bit about how Doje works, and this Uh is spelled D-O-H-J-E.com for those of you that want to kind of follow along. Let's say that I want to thank a nurse at Kaiser. Mm -hmm. Can you walk me through that process for how I would do that? Sure. So you go to doje.com, like you said, um, and there's a button that says send a doje note, um, and click that, and you... Uh, right now, if you go at this very moment, you would get to a page that you can choose nine facilities who are our initial partners. Um, you click one of them and you would look for um, either by face if you don't remember their name. If you remember their name, you can type it in. You can filter by title. So like for me, I started um, – w- this came out of labor and delivery experience. So if I wanted to thank a lactation consultant out of 10,000 staff members, if I just filter by lactation consultant, I'll see the six that exist at UCSF okay. and I can pick her so. and then um, go through sending the notes. Note, which is, um, again, really simple. You can pick your connection, patient, family of patient, identify who you are, coworkers. I didn't mention that yet. Coworkers can thank each other. Um, and then pick a pre-written message, just like the care providers can have a pre-written response. We, originally, we had an open box, and people were dropping off there. Um, we're like, why? And a friend of mine, again, not in healthcare, not even in startups, said, when you walk into a Hallmark store— most of the cards have words on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only a few are blank. Like you mm-hmm. need to write things for people. So we added pre-written messages and you can still write your own, but people will select those. Um, and then you can add one to three photos to show, you know, if it was a you know, a cancer patient who someone saw them at their worst and now they're doing great. And they're yeah, like, look at me now. Cool. And it means so much, again, to the patient and the you know, the care provider to see them. Always. It's yeah. great to see after the fact. And I've heard you, know, you don't because see that very often, right? You do you not don't. see yeah. it. You don't see the 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 fruits of your labor, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So it's it's a great idea. And I especially like the bit of thanking each other Yeah. Uh, and coworkers because that's a really powerful form of gratitude to express and builds great teamwork. And oftentimes when you do it in the institution, it gets co-opted and mm-hmm. it just seems fake and not, totally. you know, because it's tied to some, you know, if you, yeah, evaluation or something. This is much more heartfelt and real. And I that, like that. And that's what we're seeing because I was, I didn't, we didn't think the coworker piece would, um, we never even thought of that, but UCSF yeah. asked us to add that That's because they've been doing it by you know paper cards. Right. Yes. So now it's really easy. You know, when they're going home from their shift, they can do it on their phone, and it's all going within the Doje network, and it's not over email. So they're saying things that they would never say, like you said, Correct. other places, and they're yes. sharing it so much more frequently. Um, Which really expands the whole notion of gratitude. So yeah. if any institution is considering this, you need to consider the psychic benefit you're going to get from running something like this. Yeah. And when hospitals are looking at wanting to increase their 
uh, their patient outcomes, if you will, mm-hmm. this will do it. Yeah. Gratitude will do it. And that's where we've realized where hospitals are willing. People are like, well, how are you even getting traction with, you know, we've been talking to Johns Hopkins and, you know, really big hospitals. We're a yeah. little startup. Um, you know, in the last two years, you know, most people in healthcare are aware of this and people I've talked to outside don't know. Um, and I learned recently is that, um, Patient satisfaction scores are driving reimbursements. So the yes. so CMS, the Center for Medicare yes. and Medicaid, yes. uh, have pulled off um, $1.4 billion was in the first couple of years, and it's increasing every year over the next couple, next couple of years as they're figuring out how to best measure it. Mm-hmm. And so out of performance, 30% is based on patient satisfaction, which mm-hmm. is being measured by the old school paper surveys. Some of those are going online, but it's the fact that it's a survey, and people get angry that surveys don't accurately reflect how well they're doing sure. because not the people who fill them out are the ones oftentimes who did not have a good experience, and gratitude yes. isn't yes. actually affecting that. So right. right now, our gratitude data doesn't affect the direct scores, but what we have seen at UCSF is it really raises morale. Yes, it does. And, and morale that's my is, point the, of the, yeah, is the number salary. one thing yeah. affects patient satisfaction. Absolutely. So I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, before we get to the next question, I do want to just share, share a story because we're talking yeah. about yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, when I've been in nursing a long time, and when I was 25, mm-hmm. uh, a very young nurse, uh, taking care of a gentleman who had had a heart attack. I had taken care of him for four days. And on the fourth day, I walk into his room, and he says, oh, I'm so glad you're on. He said, I'm going home tomorrow. And he said, I wanted to thank you. Mm-hmm. I got you flowers because so I wanted to thank you because you really turned around my thinking about male nurses. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think a man... <laughs> could be as compassionate as you have been. And I am standing there wearing earrings in my uniform going, okay. And he goes, oh, my God, I've offended you. I didn't know what to get a man. Candy seemed wrong. (laughs) Flowers. (laughs) Digging the hole deeper. And I just looked at him and I said, thank you so much. I know flowers are great. I appreciate it. And went out and said, geez, I got this for being such a good male nurse. So. You know, you mentioned about the evaluation, the paper evaluations, the patient satisfaction. So first off, I want to know what hospitals are using this. Mm -hmm. And then is there a danger that if Jill gets 10 thank yous and Gertrude gets two, that is this going to be a problem for for Gertrude? Well, first, it's a problem because her name's Gertrude. (laughs) That's already a problem because she's probably, what, at least 75. (laughs) Oh, man. No, that's a really good question. That's something we've thought a lot about. Um, I'll start with the first part of your question, which mm-hmm. is who's using it. So, like I said, if you go to Doje right now today, there's the nine facilities, and okay. then there's a little button at the bottom that says add caregiver. It's not the best wording, mm-hmm. but I hate I hate dead ends in products. And when we first launched, we thought, well, hey, well, most facilities aren't on here, so if you want to thank someone else, let's just give them some way to do that, and we'll see if anyone clicks it. People have quite okay. a bit. So if there's a facility that's not listed, um, they can click that right now and tell us who they want to thank. Because we've seen so much of that, what we're getting ready to roll out on Monday, um, and we're going to be um, featured on the homepage of AOL, uh, AOL.com. So in order to be everything everything ready for that, we wanted to make it a little bit easier for um, patients to thank nurses or any other healthcare provider at any facility anywhere in the U.S. So what we did is we uploaded um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid have a spreadsheet that is publicly available. So we have um, 4,800 hospitals now in our database. So when you start typing, you can pick one. It makes uh-huh. it easier to make sure we can deliver. We have the right one. If the one that you want is not in there, like there's still more and there's smaller facilities. It's not just hospitals. Out of the nine we have right now, I'll mention that there's also a few small birth centers um, and a, 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 I'm sorry, renewal care is a long-term care facility. Mm-hmm. So small facilities can use it as well. Slightly different reasons why they do. Um, uh, but so for the facilities who are not listed, um, 
if you type in the name and you don't find it, you just click continue and you can still go through the same process where tell us the name or whatever you remember and then fill out your note. And then what we do on the back end is we go and we track down those people. And because we've spent so much time figuring out how all these different hospitals are set up, we now, it still takes us a long time to navigate it, but we can get the gratitude there. Where for patients, it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't have time. Like yeah, if you're, yeah. And there's patient experience directors, sure. all these different people. So what's important to know is when there's a partner facility, you thank the care provider directly, the manager knows, they respond, it all happens in real time. When they thank someone who's not listed yet, then we go and do that in the back end. And the more of those that we get, the vision oh, is that great. now more facilities are listed. Because yeah. ultimately, the best experience is you find your person, you say, wow, that's her. But we've made some of these connections already, and it's magical. Like, yeah, where someone yeah. says, oh, wow, they remembered me from three years ago, oh, and they yes. tried to track me down. Like, yeah. thank you so much. So. Yeah, it is wonderful because I think about the the Boston incident, incident in the marathon where people wanted to find people yeah. who had been there for him and it was complete strangers and they didn't know. And when they would see each other, because it's such a powerful moment. Yeah. And certainly in nursing, you have those powerful moments. So you say your mission is to improve healthcare through gratitude, one thank you at a time. The site is free to users. Do hospitals pay for the service? And would your Harvest Business School friends approve? Harvard <laughs> Business School friends approve of the model. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> So it is. Uh, it is free for users. It's free for patients. It's free great. for nurses. And yeah, we want. You know, it's about gratitude flowing. So it yes. needs to be easy. And I think they would approve of the model because there's a lot of businesses that are doing what's called freemium now, where the core basic service is free, um, and where the hospitals pay is for the data on the back end. When they want this to fit in, they all have different forms of recognition programs. Recognition is not new. Um, True. But so when all this data is flow or all the gratitude's flowing, being able to get access to that so the supervisors have it, so it goes into, sometimes there's DAISY awards. It can be a nomination for that. Um, fundraising at a lot of hospitals is through grateful patient programs. Um, but why should you have to donate and then maybe thank someone? Our thought is mm -hmm. thank them, make that connection, get the gratitude to the person who's appreciated, and then there's nothing wrong with making it easy to donate or support the hospital. Um, so free, make the connection, share gratitude, and as hospitals are ready and want to participate more, um, then that's what they would pay for. And and the gratitude enriches both sides. So when Absolutely. you give, so when you thanked the nurse Elspeth, mm -hmm. I mean, didn't it make you feel so good, so good to be able to have that? So it works both ways. And it's, so bad when you don't. At the same time, the first nurse fantastic. who I never thanked, yes. and I eventually did track her down through this um, and let her know was that it she was Gertrude? Was great. It was not Gertrude. <laughs> it was Laura. And I realized I did not answer your question about yeah. Gertrude. Thank yeah. you. Um, so that is something also we thought a lot about. So we added a feature where patients can opt in to share, um, share their gratitude more broadly. I mean, we purposely stay away from the word share. We actually say, your gratitude can be used to inspire others Good. because we were going through and making sure that the messages that people were sharing were not negative or abusive because there is mm -hmm. that concern. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, as we were reading them anonymously, not connecting, just going through making sure the content was okay, we were in tears. Like mm. the things that people were saying were yes. so inspiring. So moving, yeah. And so we're like, you know, what if they want to share this more broadly? Right now, our terms of service says to the supervisor and to mm -hmm. the care provider, but what if they want to? So we added a checkbox that says you can use this to inspire others. Around 40% of patients share that or, or click that so that we can share it. Um, so then we thought, great, we're going to put all this gratitude on the, you know, the screens facing yeah. the nursing station, right. and this yeah. is awesome. And then we realized, wow, there's a handful of people getting all the gratitude and all the other ones aren't. <laughs> What's going to happen to right. Gertrude? Yeah. Right. And so, so we haven't done that yet. What we've been doing 
doing is um, hashtag Doje Tuesday, if anyone's on Twitter. We've been taking a few, like one from each facility, um, OneNote, and sharing it on there. So there's a way that people can opt in, but not sticking it in their face. We have to be more thoughtful um, because it's really not everyone has the personality to receive patient gratitude, but it doesn't mean they're not doing their job well. And it's not a rating system. It's not a public review Yelp system. This is purely about... I need to express my gratitude as a patient and burned out, compassion fatigued care providers need to know how much they're appreciated. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, it's all the ancillary people too. There's a lot of people sure. behind the scenes that the that the patient doesn't, doesn't interact yeah. with who make it possible for the nurse or primary although, caregiver to do the their work. people cleaning the rooms, like so many startups are about doctors. So first of all, nurses aren't, there's not as much innovation, I think, happening for them. Like there's so mm-hmm. many different ways of connecting with doctors. Um, nurses are not. And then you go one step further. When we went in and took, we took the photos of all the people at UCSF and the guy who, you know, has been there for years and, and helps clean the rooms for patients. And he walks by and he's like, can I get you something to drink? And I'm like, get in here and get your picture taken. He's like, well, I'm not a nurse or yeah. a doctor. I'm like, I don't care. And he gets so much gratitude. And you can tell he would. <laughs> yes. Because That's he makes awesome. that peer gratitude, patient gratitude. Yeah. yeah yes. It's pretty That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So is there anything else you'd like to share about doj.com? Um, just that we're still new and learning. Like okay. we want this to be really easy for everybody. So if there's anything that somebody sees that could be better, um, send us feedback. Uh, let us know. I want my students to to hear about this because I think that uh, I think it's it, it'd important. Be, yeah. It would be really good if right off the bat that they were getting some of this because it's a rough first year for those folks yeah. sometimes. So that would be really good. That, that is one thing that if. We talked about, I have a nursing student contacted us um, from Emory University and said, can nursing students um, just get on here? So that is a concept that we're playing with of because you get your own gratitude locker, the hospital sets it up. But you as a care provider have your gratitude locker that right. you can take with you and and then attach yourself basically to the next place you work. Right. So how great would it be if nursing students all came out with their locker and Wouldn't when they work somewhere yeah. that they can yes. just say, hey, I now work here. And just like a connection on Facebook or LinkedIn or anywhere else where these things yeah. exist right now, I'd be like, hey, connect myself to this facility. Um, and so they can find me there and my supervisor will know, but it's still my locker and, and my career record. Great. That's fantastic. So thank you so much, Amanda. Thank it's, you guys. it's, it's great work that you're that you're doing. We really appreciate it. So we've been talking with Amanda Krantz. The website is doje d o h j e dot com, where you can engage in the practice of gratitude. So thanks so much. We'll be right back with health trivia and more email questions. It takes twelve years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Is she wearing scrubs with heels? Yes. And a belt. So good. All materials relating to help trivia are the sole responsibility of us and not <laughs> other people. It's us. Blame us. All uh, right. Very know. good, Shane. That's like the That's 500th hard. one. Yeah, yes, it's, like, it's really hard to keep putting up. I for sure. Weird. I get that. Our health trivia question this week is, if you're suffering from atopic dermatitis, what do you have? I can tell you, you have a big problem. <laughs> so if you know the answer to this week's question, you're the first to look it up. You can email us at contest at nursetalksite.com or tweet us at hashtag NTContest. And again, it's atopic dermatitis, A-T-O-P-I-C, and you should know how to spell dermatitis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll spell the easy word for you. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to spell the one they can sound out. All right, so our one. question last week was, if you're having a bank art procedure, what is your condition? I did not I know this, know did you? I didn't know. A bank art procedure, also known as a Broca Perth bank art procedure, is a surgical technique for the repair of recurrent shoulder joint dislocations. Wow. In the procedure, the torn ligaments are reattached to the proper place in the shoulder joint with the goal of restoring normal function. That sounds like a bummer. That sounds like a real bummer. And, uh, and so was Bankart it three people? Some, was it the Brokaw Perth Bankart? Was there three of them who came up with the procedure? I, and so I they had would, to have three names on Yeah, it? we tried to call them to ask, but we they did. are all out on their yacht. But I'm going to procedure. get them on the gratitude thing. I'm going <laughs> to... Thanks for putting my shoulder back together. <laughs> Our winner last week was Jill Martin <laughs> listening on Indiana Talks. So thanks, Jill. For more information about this and other health trivia questions, visit itriage.com. That is such a good site, and I always forget about it. So now let's go to some email <laughs> questions. <laughs> that was a backhanded compliment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> well, for a while there, I used it quite a bit, and then I kind of forget about it, basically because I looked at, looked at it to look up drugs. Right. And now all the computer systems, you know, when you have an EMR, the electronic medical oh, record, they all have an embedded drug book. So right. I no longer have to go outside. So we got these empathy cards brought to our attention this week, and I want to talk about them. They're cancer empathy cards. They say what patients really want to hear. And so three and a half years ago, a woman named Emily McDowell, uh, her friend, became ill with an unknown and aggressive form of cancer. McDowell understood what her friend Amy Ostermeyer was the friend's name. She understood what she was experiencing because when she was 24, she'd gone through a bunch of chemo and was treated for stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma herself. And she said, I was able to be present for her in a different way than a lot of other people mm -hmm. were because I understood cancer and hospitals and treatments and it made me not as afraid of it. So as she comforted her friend, she remembered what having cancer is like, um, how lonely it is, how difficult. And it 
times the, how you think people don't care about you. But as time passed, McDowell realized that they simply didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. So it was more that everyone was just afraid. That experience really stayed with me, she said. And Ostermeyer unfortunately died of liver failure three months after her diagnosis. As McDowell grieved for her friend, she remembered Ostermeyer's bravery and how inspiring she was. And she came up with this line of cards, and we'll read a couple of them here. The first one that I see here says, please let me be the first to punch the next person who tells you everything happens for a reason, and I'm sorry you're going through this, which is Which is excellent, because it's hard when people say that stuff. I have one here that says, just so you know, I'm totally on board for driving you to treatment, cleaning your place, helping pick out flattering wigs, coming up with visualization exercises. And if you twist my arm, I guess I'd also be cool with lying on the couch and watching trashy, trashy TV together. I know it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I love you. It's perfect. Those are the things you most need when, when you know, I've known people who have had cancer, a, a few of my friends, nurse friends, sadly. And this is exactly what you need. Somebody to, to, to help clean your place, to help you pick out wigs, to help you do whatever it is. And if you don't know what to say, say that. My, I don't yeah. know what to say. And there's actually I'm one here that says, and it's my favorite. I, I'm really sorry I haven't been in touch. I didn't know what to say. And I think that is it's perfect. beautiful. I have students all the time because I've got a clinical where they do a lot of talking. And a lot of times my students say, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, then say that. Yeah. And, and you just start with that. Say. Saying nothing. Oftentimes, um, it's especially when people die, um, I've had people say to me, I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't know what to say. You say that. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say to you. I feel so bad. I'm avoiding you. Yes. Um, and how how much of a connection would you have with someone if they, you know, you notice they're avoiding you yes. and you're like, oh, it's a bummer. And then yeah. they come to you and they say, I didn't know what to say. Like, yeah. that may feel like a, it is a weird thing to say in our society, but that mm -hmm. is a connection right there. An instant connection. And it feels so good to be real with the person. That's yeah. They see it happening. Yes. You might as well name it because yes. they see it. Super and cool. it's so hard um, sometimes to know what to say, but you just avail yourself. And let me tell you, being in the space of someone who has a terminal illness, to me, is an extremely high space. You've lost pretense. You are now discussing uh, who you are. You're sharing who you are with that person, and they're sharing with you. And there's no greater gift. Uh, avail yourself to someone who's in that process because it's a very, very powerful place to be. Absolutely. I always so, said, uh, you know, at somebody's birth or at somebody's death, two very high places to be because time drops away. You are completely absorbed in that moment, and it is magical on either end of the spectrum. And usually, and, you know, of course, I go to the death space because that's where I go. But let's be real. Most of cancer, we get through. People get through. And, boy, do they need your support. I just saw a thing that Tom Brokaw did on his cancer, and he says, you know, he's a stoic guy. And he wouldn't say how much pain he was in, so he didn't get good treatment yeah. uh, because of it. And here again, as his daughter, who's a doctor, said, when you talk about things, it releases some of the energy behind yes. it. So it actually helps your pain, and it helps you feel better when yes. you can talk about it. So as difficult it is, as it is when you have cancer, and as alone as you feel, please reach out because uh, people... People and, do get it. And Casey, that just makes me think about something I've wanted to, to tell you for a while now. And I stubbed my toe last week. <laughs> it was awful. 
Okay, and here's another card. I promise never to. You're not going to gonna refer- validate my toe stubbing. <laughs> I'm totally not going to validate it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead with your cancer spiel. <laughs> yes, I promise never to refer to your illness as a journey unless <laughs> someone takes you on a cruise. Yes. I love that one. Yeah, get out of here with the journey. This is a great idea. I love these cards. <laughs> yes. Um, Here's another one. Yeah. I'm so sorry you're sick. I want you to know that I will never try to sell you on some random treatment I read about on the internet. Get, <laughs> I love that because yeah. people do do that. We and just got to get painful. you to Mexico and everything's <laughs> yes, going to be okay. It's going to be completely okay. <laughs> here, smoke some of this. You'll be much happier. Oh, wait, that might be true. <laughs> and here's another one. When life gives you lemons, I won't tell you a story about my cousin's friend who died of lemons. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a bad way to go, I really man. like that. I, I do really not like want to go via Pucker lemon. up on that one. <laughs> so, again, you can access uh, these cards and more information at emilymcdowell.com. Uh, and M- C-D-O-W-E-L-L is how she spells her name. And it's a great idea. She had a brilliant idea um, from somebody who knows and who's been there. Yeah, good We for appreciate her. it. So thanks so much. Remember, gratitude is definitely the attitude. I loved our guest earlier who talked about uh, sharing with your nurse a sense of gratitude. So by all means, make sure to go to her site as well. All right, now let's do some email questions. All right. So, hello, nurses. Just wanted to check in and ask you about MRSA. A good friend of ours was in the hospital for a procedure, and just hours after she was released, she was taken back to the very hospital she was at by ambulance with MRSA. Apparently, she got it there. She almost died. How does this happen, and will she fully recover? This is from Donald J. in lovely Dayton, Ohio. Well, I can tell you that MRSA is becoming more and more of a problem. So it's methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. Uh, Staph aureus is a bacteria that everybody has on their skin all the time. And when somebody's immune system is compromised and then they have a break in the skin, um, you can get MRSA. And it can be anything. It can be an IV site. It can be... uh, (laughs) It can be a needle stick. I don't know how I... (laughs) Casey and Patty are having a conversation and the listeners can only hear Casey. (laughs) It's hard to follow along, but try to keep up. (laughs) Casey is responding to the literal voice in her head. In my head that keeps saying these things. Um, So MRSA bad. Next. (laughs) (laughs) MRSA is really bad. But you know, Shane, now, uh, at the danger of getting off topic here, I've got to say, <laughs> I think these hand sanitizers that we're using, and this is over-proliferating, is continuing to create this problem. The rant of the show. <laughs> it is the hand rant sanitizers. of the show. It's going to be a new segment on Nurse Talk, <laughs> Casey's, Casey's rant. rant of the show. <laughs> And it's true that it's not really new, Shane. I've always wanted to rant, and they just won't give me that segment. So tell me about MRSA. So with the thing with MRSA, when you're in the hospital and you go home and you have any red, swollen area, painful on your skin, you need to go immediately back to the hospital or to your doctor because you probably have an infection. And it's much worse if it's from the waist up. So understand when you have this kind of an infection from the waist up, its ability to travel to your heart and do more damage is much greater than if it's from the waist down. I'm way less concerned about my MRSA now. Oh, but that has its own set of problems. I think you can say MRSA. And I hope you never get that or anybody else. So So, what helps it is really strong IV antibiotics. (laughs) 
And for some people, yes, you. Some people, this can be deadly. Um, for those but people not who for have your a person compromise, that in. <laughs> not for this person. Donald, this person's going to be okay. Donald, you're going to be okay, and you're going to fully recover. But some people are not so fortunate. So it is a serious thing, and you really do have to treat it seriously. Anytime you go home after having any procedure, and your skin becomes red, swollen, inflamed, and painful, go see somebody immediately. This segment was kind of a train wreck and kind of awesome at the same time. I like it. I like it too. All right. I like it so too. We'd we like to thank National. Nurses United and California Nurses Association for their support of our show. A great big thank you to our executive producer, Patty Lockard, and June Miller and Daria Karpova, our sound engineers today. Taylor Lockard of Social Networking and Progressive Voices TuneIn, and all of our other wonderful broadcast partners. Remember, to laugh, you got to listen. To listen, you got to tune in. We love you out there. Please come back next week. Stay healthy. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Brought to you by National Nurses United. Check us out on Facebook or go to our website at nursetalksite.com. For more information about National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association, visit nationalnursesunited.org. Until next week, remember, laughter is the best medicine.